my name is Jake Willard, and I'm sitting on the Iron Throne. We're recapping Game of Thrones here on the Emerald Podcast Network. And then everyone in the Red Wedding gets killed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Spoiler alert! If you haven't already watched that episode, King in the North. King in the North. <laughs> okay. But yeah, welcome back, guys. Welcome back. We survived episode two. Another Everyone survived episode. episode two. No one has died yet. That's about to change. No one died fast. in episode two. Wow. But yeah, that that Sarah's right. That is going to change because oh, the yeah. uh, the army of the dead is at Winterfell. They have made it. Interesting way to start the episode, for sure. I was not expecting that, to be honest. Yes. I thought they would at least, like, you know, be like, seize him or something. But no, just right off the bat. Um, and I think they, they saved us maybe a little bit there from, like, Danny, like... Raging. Danny raging. being She's she's starting she to become a little rage, bit of a tyrant. Though. Yeah, and she did still rage. But I think that she less raged and more was putting on a performance because we know that the Northerners don't like her and they don't approve of her. And so, but she also knows that they don't like Jamie Lannister either. So if she if she gives them a bit of a hard time, maybe they'll have a little bit more respect for her. Good strat. I remember that in the first episode of the season, John is sitting in the center of the uh, the big the leaders table or whatever you call that. Um, and I think that's like so he can, you know, ease the northerners a little bit. He's like, oh, yes, like she's not fully queen. I just brought her here. But now Danny's kind of like, you know, s- sitting in, in those in her queen shoes a little bit more. So she's sitting in the middle and she's the one who's calling the shots. And uh yeah, she kind of needs to needs to prove herself um, to the Northerners. But there was a lot that went on in that scene that I feel like you just got to touch on at least. I mean, she kind of called out Tyrion for being a bad hand. Yes. And that was a kind of a plot point that got overarched throughout the episode. Bran, a little subtle nod. The things at, we do for love. Yes. Threw, threw that back at Jamie. Fan um, service. <laughs> of course, that's what Jamie said before he pushed him out of the tower. And Bran just kind of threw that back at him out of context. Um, that was pretty fun. Um, I don't know. And then just like Daenerys definitely seeing more of that, that tyrant side yeah. come out a little Let's bit. Let's also sure. talk about um, how Brienne stood up for Jamie. I think it's really interesting because Brienne is, you know, she's she's this very knightly woman. Um, Literally becomes one. We'll get to that. But she's also kind of like shy by nature. I feel like she doesn't really engage with the nobles a whole lot. She's kind of just this loyal person who who wants who wants to be there to fight and serve. But she's not going to really in, involve herself in like the political wa- like wages. And I think that's because like they kind of her backstory like growing up like in a loyal fam- in a royal mm-hmm. family like she tried to do that and she always got made fun of. So she's like I'm kind of done with this. So the fact that she's willing to get back into the mix and stand up for Jamie, I think. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and, and I, th- I think she loves Jamie. And so her standing up to him, she knows that he has wronged Sansa and her family. But Sansa trusts Brienne more than anybody in this world. If Sansa is capable of even trusting anybody, it's Brienne. Um, and I, I think uh, that Brienne's word goes a really, really long way. And it kind of goes back to when Jamie saved her. And now she's saving him, basically. I think the only person that probably appreciates Brienne more than Sansa would be Tormund. <laughs> the man. The big lady. <laughs> Nobody's more faithful to anyone than Tormund is to Brienne. <laughs> he fights White Walkers. He 
And he hardly even knows her. <laughs> he probably knows her. Comes back, and the first thing on his mind is the big lady still here. <laughs> Gotta love it. Um, let's. Uh, it's interesting that Danny calls John the Warden of the North. This little mm-hmm. subtle. He's given up his king title. How can Sansa be the Lady of Winterfell if Jon Snow is the Warden of the North, and he also would stay at Winterfell? That's where the Warden stays. Um, well, John's not married to anybody, and Sansa is the oldest noble woman of House Stark, which makes her lady. So right, because Bran has kind of given up his title as right. well. Um, and John, well, we know he's a Targaryen, but even if he was still Jon Snow, he's not a Stark by law, and um, so like those factors kind of play. He is not a Stark by law. Yeah, and the Warden of the North stays at Winterfell. I am under the impression. Interesting. I mean, it's not like it's going to matter in the next episode. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's not like it's going to matter. We have Bran and Jamie in the Godswood. Right. Um, that reunion. You know, the 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 moment that Jamie pushed Bran from the tower is what spiraled all of the political conflict in the story. It's my it's not what started the main conflict that we're seeing now, which is the Army of the Dead because that was coming with or without Bran and Jamie, but as far as all of the political scheming, all of the, the the backstabbings and betrayals, that has really just been one giant domino effect from Jamie pushing Bran from the tower, and they both kind of realize that at this point. Um, but Bran's willing to bury the hatchet because it doesn't really matter anymore. They're all going to die anyway. And that's just like that's just the overarching theme throughout the episode. It's like everyone just constantly saying, "Our last night on this earth, like we're all about to die," like, and like that's that really sets up the episode as this emotional kind of roller coaster almost because you get to see how everyone else, everyone in Winterfell, everyone in the, in the story, kind of copes with that um, and prepares for that, and it really creates some interesting like last conversations, last moments, last actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of just like what kind of culminates in the episode. This episode just as a whole is kind of like the embodiment of any last words, you know? Um, and, and we just, for the first half of it, we just kind of have Jamie moving around from character to character, relationship to relationship, um, kind of almost making amends because he is different now. He is a very much changed person, which is why Brienne was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you like messing with me right now? Like, why are you being so nice to me? And he's actually genuinely being sincere to someone for the first time in his life. And if he's capable of being sincere to anyone, it's probably going to be Tyrion and Brienne. Um, And he's he's facing this truth. He's telling her like, hey, like he's he's almost like kind of his ego has been taken down a huge notch Mm -hmm. ever since losing his hand. Um, and now he realizes like, hey, there are much better warriors out there than me and there are much bigger things than me. And I just kind of want to just sh- shoot my shot and and, and help. Yeah. Help everybody well, well, out. That's, now. that's why like like him knighting Brienne. That was just such a big thing. Like one, he did it like the fact that he did it was big, I think, for Brienne's sake, um, just because obviously she has some feelings for him. Um, whether she realizes how to what extent those feelings are, like people think it's love, but like they have feelings for each other. That's apparent. Um, and I kind of joked like, like I think that this him Jamie knighting Brienne is as close as they're gonna get to a sex scene, and especially for Brienne. Like that's like the yeah. This like, episode part had two of, sex scenes. Yeah, one of them was Brienne getting knighted. I mean, not to like ruin the like the proudness of that. Like no one is more deserving than Brienne, and like that joke isn't meant to just to take that down, but like. 
Like for her, like that moment definitely means a lot. So let's talk about that a little bit. You know, Brienne is the epitome of strength, honor, and loyalty in this show. She is the archetype for everybody to follow, basically. Um, if any knight in that universe is deserving of knighthood, it's her. And yeah. simply because she is a her, she hasn't gotten it. And so, you know, I think she's always wanted to be validated as a warrior. Um, and so not only so Jamie knighting her is validating her as a warrior, but it's also validation in Jamie's eyes as well. Um, and now that she just that smile was the most precious thing I have ever seen with my own eyes. Um, but now that she's her dreams have come true, I think it's time for her to um, it's time for her to leave us. <laughs> I think that's what they're her setting goals, it up for. Yeah, you know, her, her goals have been accomplished. There's nothing else she can do now. Characters that are tying up loose ends and are getting things done that they've been wanting to all season that have happened in this episode, I think that's their way of saying, okay, we're ready to let these guys go. Like, their purpose is done. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. I think Brienne, her character arc, besides, of course, um, with Tormund. <laughs> the most important character arc. But I think maybe that'll just make it a little more tragic, which they love, which the um, Game of Thrones creators love to do. Um, speaking on other people who are more, most likely to die, my number one vote is Grey Worm. I think mm-hmm. the way him and Masande talked about the future, never talk about the future before mm-hmm. a big battle in any TV show because you know it's not going to happen. Um, so he's my number one vote to not ma- not make it to the battle. And then um, Brienne is, is up there as well, top, top three. And my, my, my second one, or my, 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 th- my third one rather, would be um, Theon Greyjoy. I think... His character arc is pretty much as completed as can be. Where else does he have to go besides, I mean, I guess you could say some feelings with Sansa, but I don't see that ever happening. I really hope it doesn't. And so because of that, I'm going to vote. He also um, kicks the bucket. I was thinking about that. I was thinking about that scene with Grey Worm and Missing Day and it kind of just like, oh, like a pretty picture of them, like, you know, being happy and in love on the beach in Noth where Missing Day is from. Then I was like, oh, they're setting us up to be real sad, mm-hmm. be real, real sad, <laughs> um, which is a bummer, but that's just how it goes. Everyone's going to die in this next episode. I hope you guys know that's that. That's just Everybody. how it goes. Every single, King wins. Every single, it's over. Like there's, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen in the next episodes after, after episode three, because everything's going to be wrapped up in one episode. Seriously. Easy. Yeah, but then we still have uh, like a few left, you know. Right. So. No, I know. I was <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, everyone everyone thinks they're going to die. And it's it was an interesting dynamic. Um, I think one of the best moments in this show and the episode had to be Tormund's origin story. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. I was I was crying, laughing. Like, it was so good. And I think that was the comic relief that we kind of needed in that episode. Mm-hmm. Just because yes. everything was so serious and emotional. And then he just threw that out there. And it was... I don't know. I thought it was it was really entertaining, really good, and I mean, he kind of he's he's a powerful man. He, mm-hmm. he, he I don't know. It was just, I thought it was super interesting. Well, he and Tor- Robin Aaron have something in common. <laughs> they, they, they like yeah, at, at the best. <laughs> Tormund got my MVP for last episode for sure. Oh, it, yeah. it was of course his, his origin story. His yeah. actor's portrayal is just so good. I agree. Well, he um, also was a big person and like why isn't she a sir like why isn't Brienne a sir mm-hmm. and he said like f that like she should be and then Jamie's like no what you're no you're right yeah, yeah. 
So he was a big that was a big thing for him as well. And then even even more even more than that is when Jamie was not was knighting her. Like he didn't Woody wasn't like upset or like jealous that you know Jamie's the one doing the honors. He's always up there. He's the first one to clap. First one to clap, and his smile was just as precious as Brienne's. You know, it's like <laughs> he was just as happy for her <laughs> as she was for it's her. It's great. It it really is, and I think you know they all just recognize her as someone who's truly truly special. I want to talk um, a bit about Danny and Sansa. Um, oh, right. In the little the little uh, altercation interaction it, they had. Yeah. So we have basically, I, I almost want to think that like Jorah suggested to Danny that she go make amends with Sansa. A little olive branch in their relationship. Yeah. And so she extends that olive branch, but, but Sansa is very, very suspicious of literally anybody. Um, and she has an extremely strategic mind. I think, I personally think that Sansa has grown to become one of the most intelligent characters in the show. I think that she plays the game better than anybody else at this point, except for maybe Cersei. Right. Like she said, she's like, she's a slow learner, but she does learn. And I think that really like marked a moment in her life where she's going to start behaving like she probably should have yeah. in the beginning, from the beginning. Oh, I, I think she's incredibly smart now. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, the way that she calls Danny out and Danny's like, you know, like he never should have trusted her. He, he, Tyrion never should have trusted Cersei. And Sansa's like, well, yeah, you shouldn't have mm-hmm. either. And at the end of the day, it's your decision, not Tyrion's decision, you know? Mm-hmm. So holding her accountable for that action and nobody really likes that. Nobody likes being held accountable, especially when they're in a position of absolute power and Sansa knows that. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of challenges Danny a little bit. Um, for sure challenges her because she knew Cersei was lying from the beginning, yeah. right? Right. Yeah. So, so it's almost like, why isn't Sansa the one invi- advising you, at least in this matter, instead of Tyrion, when Sansa's the one who's making the right decisions. Totally. Um, And then, you know, I I think Sansa's also, you know, sly on the fact that Danny could be possibly a little bit of a tyrant, and she's just looking out for the North. She doesn't care about anything else at this point. She is the Lady of Winterfell. The Northerners have always been independent, and she's bringing that up because she's like, all right, you can be... She's not accepting Danny as her queen at all, and she's I, she just wants the North to be the North. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, unfortunately, we get interrupted before that interaction proceeds mm-hmm. any further. Well, she's the only... I think Sansa's the only one in the episode... Besides maybe like Grey Worm and Missandei, like who really kind of like have a positive, somewhat of a positive, or at least considering a winning scenario, where like what happens afterwards. And I thought that was kind of interesting as well. And I think that speaks to Sansa's importance in the show a little bit that she's going to be a character that's going to be relevant after the fact. Because if she's thinking about it, I don't know, like her, like she's thinking strategically, like what happens afterwards. Totally. I thought that was an interesting take. And she was one of the few that did it. And when they get interrupted, they're interrupted because Theon has returned. And that happens in front of Danny. And Danny knows Theon from him being like a, a fighter with Yara. But she doesn't know Theon in his ass in the aspect to his relationship with Sansa. And it's really interesting to have Sansa have just you know said to Danny like I want the north to be the north and Danny kind of like fights a little bit although she doesn't say anything she takes her hand off Sansa's it's you know those are fighting moves um but then Theon just when he's talking he directs his attention to Sansa he doesn't talk to Danny at all he's like I want to fight for you so that's like a display basically of in front of Danny and she gets to realize that oh shoot people are loyal to 
each other. Especially in the North. Fiercely in the North. And these two have a really messed up relationship in general, you know, just based off of the horrible, horrible mistakes that he's made and the wrongdoings that he's done. But well, he's we, trying we to that, patch those up. And mm-hmm. we see that reconciled throughout the episode multiple times, like that encounter that they share, like their last meal in theory, like the mm-hmm. last shot we see of them as they're meet, eating a meal together. And some people can construe it mm-hmm. that they were sharing like a loving gaze at each other almost. Mm-hmm. Like maybe there's an attraction I there. That. I don't I like just, that. I think it's Some just, people saw that. I think it's just humanity. It's just humanity. I think so too. I think it's just seeking mm-hmm. solace in somebody. And I mean, Theon helped save Sansa's life, you know, mm-hmm. and from yeah. something very terrible. So here's a question. On a scale of one to ten, how redeemed is Theon in your mind? How redeemed is he? You know, I don't... He did, he did some really, really, really bad. Mess, bad, bad, bad things. Mm-hmm. And he paid the price for them. And mm-hmm. now he's trying to make things right. He is. I think scale of one to ten, he's redeemed at an 8.5. Eight. Wow. I gave him a six just because of the stuff he did. I think Sir he's, Roderick, re- oh, I he's really Roderick. genuinely trying. <laughs> yeah, no, he definitely I, I is. Think he's, you know? I think he's, I, I almost give him like a like an eight. Eight to nine range because he's up there. I think maybe like, once he dies, he will be fully redeemed. I could see that. I mean, that like, would help yeah. him. like you got to give him mad respect. Like I think it took a long point to, for him to get there, but like he he's back. Like he wanted to fight at Winterfell with his family. Like he realizes what's important right now. Um, they're they've what he, they are what he has. Um, and like he's t- he's paid a lot of prices for it. Like John beat him up and like things like that. And like I don't know. Like he's yeah. kind of paid the price at this point. I, so John beat him up is the least of the right. Ways. Exactly. He, I he know. got flayed alive. He did. Like, yeah. <laughs> um. You know. I uh. just think that people are saying this was not my favorite episode by any means. But people are you know g- giving this episode a lot of a lot of crap. I think that the most important thing here is is just character in celebrating character and in game of thrones is really good at that um it's just his his character the fact that we went from kind of thinking he's a jerk to really despising him to almost kind of like being like oh when he's sharing a moment with sansa is a testament to the storytelling that these people who are doing the show are able to do well i mean with the big battle episode coming up next like like we've had two episodes of setup now like it's all gonna come crashing. Exactly, down. like they're setting, they're building up the emotions around the characters again. Obviously, after you have a long absence, like in between seasons, like you kind of forget a little bit, especially if you don't rewatch. So they're kind of reestablishing these emotional I might forget, points. But the North remembers. The North always remembers. <laughs> but I mean, like this is like these two episodes. They might have been slow and boring in terms of like plot development. But they're they're building up for the craziness that's gonna come. I think and it's gonna make the craziness even, even crazier. Yeah. Exactly, a hundred percent. And so, like, you have to keep that in mind. Like, you people want a lot of dramaticism and crazy things that happen in Game of Thrones, but it's like it's it's gonna come. Don't don't you worry. This season is gonna have a lot of it, and it probably will all come this next episode. I'm gonna push back a little bit on that idea because I do agree that it's built up, but also that's exactly what we said about the first episode as well. It's like, oh, it's just it's just build up, and so, yeah, I mean, people do like big dramatic moments. I um, I can appreciate what they're doing. I'm not saying that I have a better vision for Game of Thrones than the creators, but <laughs> I think I would have liked to see a little bit more happening. Maybe maybe some, some focus on Cersei, maybe some focus on the Golden Company. Zero of which were in episode two. Zero of which. And now, I'm again, I'm not saying I can do it better, but um, some of that would, 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 would have been nice. Um you know, especially in terms of, um, I think there there was some 
or th- th- I think that there, there there was some some stuff in the second episode here that could have been um, either cut or taken care of more quickly in order to um, adju- uh, in order to adjust for that. And again, that's just my opinion. Um, I totally support you if you completely disagree as well. <laughs> well, I think the one thing that makes me the most mad is that the buildup from episode one to episode two was John learns his origins and he has to tell he has to tell Daenerys. And of course, we build up to that moment. It's the last moment last of the episode. Thing. Oh. And of course, it gets cut off by the horns. I was wondering. I was like, there's no way they don't do it. In front of Lyanna Stark. In the crypts. In the crypts. And you know what's in the crypts? Dead bodies. Dead people. And Hold- you know what the Night King can do? Raise the dead. Hold why up. Give are me we one putting? Sec. Why are we putting? Okay, just to backtrack a little bit. Yeah. There, the 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 Winterfell like game plan here is to put all of the women and children and people who can't fight in, in the crypts. In the crypts they mention it like eight times during yeah, the episode. They're like, oh, it's safe in the crypts. Yeah, it's safe in the crypts. <laughs> oh, we'll all be safe in the crypts. No, you're, right. not, safe. you're not safe in the crypts. You're not safe in the place with the most dead people when you're fighting all of the dead people. What are they doing? I agree, but also I love crazy theories, and here's one of my crazy theories. My crazy theory is, is that, that Ned Stark comes back to life. Yes. Okay. He's, the Starks, he doesn't have a head. No. He doesn't have a head. He's he doesn't just have a, a skeleton this is what by it is. now. The Starks are special. For some reason, they're special. The northern people are special. Oh, for, they are theory. super, super loyal to Starks theory. for this what is not reason? Your theory. It's this not is my theory. theory. None of this is anybody's theory. <laughs> okay. What What else is <laughs> this other than it. just All right, exactly? Let, let Jason finish. Anyways, let him finish. Anyways, so the Starks are special for some for some reason. There must always be a Stark in Winterfell. The North remembers. Whatever it is, the North or the North knows one king whose name is Stark, or Bear Island knows one king whose name is Stark, right? Like it's the Stark name is extremely important, and even even the first Stark, Brandon the Builder, who built the wall and and went and I'm pretty sure went 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 at Winterfell as well. Um, since then, there's always been a Stark in Winterfell, and why is that? It's because this crazy theory states that when the Night King raises the dead, or if he doesn't raise the dead, the Starks will come back, that the, the dead Starks will come back and fight for Winterfell for the living they will defend Winterfell no matter what because that's what makes them different Stark blood you know it, it's what sets them apart well, and the hence s- why there must always be a Stark in Winterfell the Starks are descendants of the first men which have a special relationship to the children of the forest therefore to the White Walkers um, we know Uncle Benjen was stabbed through the heart with dragon glass right Similar before he to died Uncle Benjen thank you yes yes Uncle Benjen was stabbed through the heart with dragon glass right before the Night King's um, power took hold and so he was able to be undead, but still remain his have his human autonomy to fight for people. You know, I I do think that it's 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 given all of the backstory and info and mystical hoo ha that we have. It's it's very possible. I just I think it would be really cheesy if that actually happened, though. It would be cheesy, but it's it's less predictable than the the the, crypt, the undead people come back in the crypts and they just start killing everybody until. But there has to be some sort of two like multiple layers of conflict and i feel like the crypts is just like such an obvious layer of conflict but that you, they can't avoid it but you know who's protecting those crypts that little, that girl. That girl. little girl oh my god so davos and oh. gilly and oh. Davos oh girl this right, little I'll girl. This little girl comes up to Sir Davos, and her face is burnt. So obviously, she looks like Shireen, which is like mm. just mm. 
oh, R.A.P. Shireen. Um, and I don't know. It just th- th- that callback. Seriously, it made me cry. I turned around and, and August was crying, too. Like all the women, all the all the ladies were crying. I'm sure all, I'm sure Jake was, too. <laughs> I actually didn't even think about the burn face. Oh, thing. my God. Yeah, so that was, this girl resembled Shireen so yeah. much. And I think that's why Davos was like so soft kind, spot, yeah. soft spot to her. It just it well, made a, me. I feel like he's a soft character for <sighs> in general, not I like cried. in a bad way, but like he's got a, he's got a tender heart. I cried like I don't yeah. that just I I cried at the red wedding and I cried um with when Egret died and mm. I cried I didn't even cry when about, Shireen burned at the stake. What about I cried. Hodor? No, I, I cried for Hodor. No, I didn't cry for Hodor. I always cried he for Hodor. Also cried when he died. So. I didn't. I just and then and then she's like, "I'll defend the crypt." I'm yeah. just like, "Oh mm-hmm. my heart, can you defend that too?" Yeah. Like, geez, so, lots of emotional, <sighs> lots of emotional stuff, mm-hmm. emotional setup. And then we hear one horn. Rangers returning. We get the the bro the bro union the bro reunion. Except I don't think I don't know. It wasn't necessarily super important to like talk about other than like yeah, bro union. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree. Can we talk about the uh, the strategy that they're implementing? Uh, in Winterfell, where they're gonna put Bran in the uh, by the the tree, uh, and they're gonna try to lure the Night King to Bran and yeah, try okay. to kill him. Uh, that sounds fun. Sounds like a good strat. Yeah, I mean, their plan essentially relies on the Night King doing something stupid, and if he doesn't do that stupid thing, then they all die. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the most proactive plan to have, but I mean. I'm not. I mean, at least, at least, it, it, it's in theory. It's like this is kind of a. It's a suicide mission almost. Like they know that like there's there's little chance that they can come out ahead of this unless they can defeat well, the Night we King didn't himself. We didn't see the Night King. We didn't in the didn't outro shot. We didn't see the. Uh, the whole hear a dragon. The dragon. Yeah. What if he's flying south? That's what. That's a theory I've heard thrown around. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's gonna surprise attack King's Landing. Yeah, maybe. that's that's the thing that I like about Game of Thrones is I like to just watch it. <laughs> that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's like this third episode. Like there's gonna be Anything so much crazy happen. stuff. So like, much crazy stuff. Anything like, can happen. They've said it. Like and that could be one thing too. Like they might be setting it up to look one way, and it's not that way at all. We don't know. We don't know. There could mm-hmm. it could go a multitude sure. of ways. And from what I saw, okay, real quick. Actually, I'm gonna backtrack just just a little bit because there's one was one part of episode two that I. I really enjoyed that hasn't been done before and is finally done now. And that's that we finally got some exposition, some people asking questions about Bran's power. And it's not a coincidence that they happen to be two of the most curious minds in the show, which is Sam, who asks about, like, why is the Night King going to come for you? And then we get some actual exposition on why that's true. Yes. And then also Tyrion. He's like, hmm, let's actually sit down and talk to this person because he seems to know a lot and seems to have a lot to say. Like, I want to learn about, about you. And I have to say... As my number one pick for to sit on the Iron Throne, I'm super glad Tyrion does that because I think that he will be able to use that information better than I think anyone else. He is supposedly the smartest person in the kingdom, despite his mistakes. And um, Sansa's ba- coming up on that title. <laughs> true, true, true. <laughs> she is also extremely smart. She's like, I mean, she's like a mix between Catelyn Stark and Little 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 Littlefinger yeah, almost. Yeah. But also, um, Sir Jorah does Cersei. defend Tyrion a little bit, so mm-hmm. I thought that was respectable. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. Sir, that, that was very, very, ni- very nice of, of Sir, 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 Sir Jorah to do. Jorah's very humble. Mm-hmm. You know, like, he mm-hmm. knows that he's not fit for a lot of things. Yeah. So sorry, Jason. What were you gonna no, say? No, it's okay. Um, um, I was just gonna jump to another thing <laughs> completely, actually, which is when Tyrion says, um, he's t- talking to Varys and 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 Jorah actually, and he, and he's like, um. 
Um, you might be wearing this hand oh, right. in a while. And again, that's my top pick to be on the Iron Throne at the end of the season <laughs> because he's going to pick them as their hand <laughs> or as his hand. So, 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 I think Varys um, is definitely front runner for for that for that hand. Maybe, for sure. may, may, maybe, um, probably not. Right, just because like chances are it's not going to happen. But again, I'm holding out. I really hope Varys gets more screen time at the end of the season. Me too. I love. Yeah, you know, he Varys. probably he probably won't die in the battle. Well, he's not going to be in the battle. He's definitely he, going to be in the crypts. Wait, wait, wait. So afraid in the crypts in in, in the season three we, previews. We 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 mm-hmm. haven't found out about like you know all of his backstory and mm-hmm. stuff and what what he and Melisandre both know. Exactly. That's what I was thinking the other day. Melisandre has not been appearance yet, mm-hmm. and yeah, I know she's so, going to have something serious in the works. So she I has to die in this forgotten get, land. We, this battle is the hump man. that we need to get over, and I think like everything's going to fall back and like fall into place after this, and the rest of the season is going to be like the after aftermath kind of um but i don't think we're done with varus i don't think we're done with mel yeah do you um, think we're done with the army of the dead after this after this episode it's hard to say uh, and there's no, there's no wrong yeah, answer i honestly i don't it's a tough one it's a tough one because it goes the walls it, destroyed too it goes a couple ways um mm-hmm. you know i if, if it's done after this episode then i guess we just have the rest of the season is uh, like finishing the rest of the political war but the game of thrones yeah, exactly <laughs> or the other alternative is maybe the night king does just like peace out on this battle go straight down to king's landing and then cersei's like oh my god and mm-hmm. i don't even have elephants how am i supposed to defeat this ice man and then the golden company is just there mm-hmm. to get flayed by a dragon <laughs> or yeah. also like it could be something like the night king doesn't die but he gets pushed back or something like that you know yeah, what i mean i don't and, know and he's still there in the future. Well, okay, and another thing. There definitely thing, needs to be some sort of definite end. You you'd think. Mm. And also another thing that I was thinking about too is like in the intro, the new intro credit thing, uh they always keep showing the arrow pointed at the dra- the big dragon skull in King's Landing. Mm. They keep showing that. It's a repetitive thing even though even last episode the King's Landing was shown even though it's not involved. And maybe that could be important still. Because they've used, I they've had, not. they've had limited success with it so I far, but maybe it could still be a, a plot point. Well, they don't have any dragon glass, so mm, they they're not going to so. be able to hurt an ice dragon. Maybe, maybe that's what, um, maybe that's what drives Dan- Danny insane and makes her turn from conqueror to straight villain. Who knows? You know, the loss of her number one dragon, Drogon. I don't know. Oh, I don't, I don't know. know. What I, what I, what I did want to touch on though is I was talking about that about this with Jake earlier today. Is we got a nice little cameo from our boy ghost mm. um Two and <laughs> dragons and cgi cgi wolves and cgi wolves so last podcast episode we said what do dragons eat the cgi budget well you were telling me about the valley of uncertainty no 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 uncanny yeah it's valley. called uncanny. it's called the uncanny <laughs> i don't remember the valley of uncertainty no it's called the uncanny valley and what the uncanny valley is is it's a diagram and it's usually meant for like humans and animatronics but i think it can work a cer- certain way with cgi and other things and essentially what it is is it's a chart that says the closer something fake is to looking like it's something real that the creepier it gets to mm-hmm. us as mm-hmm. humans um like clowns and i think you know not not only do the, do the direwolves eat the cgi clowns jeez Super not scary. only do the direwolves eat up the cgi budget but at this point in the show they should be like horse sized and in the past we've had them overlaid perspective wise on the screen we have a real trained wolf that they then like green screen onto the actual series but now realistically they sh- they're too big to do that and so we have these cgi dragons because human we, we have no point of reference mm-hmm. for what those are so we're just like oh yeah cool that's what a dragon looks 
like a guess, but we know dogs and we know animals and we know what they look like and how they move. And so I think, you know, the fact that we only saw ghosts in the background is probably a good thing or else he would have looked really hokey. Mm. And even in the background, he was kind of just bobbing around like a street fighter character, like ready for you to like select them <laughs> to play, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I just want to talk about that a little bit. I think that's a neat little the real, point. Real, real question I want to throw out is, is Arya's direwolf going to come back Nymeria. and join Nymeria. the battle? Well, I hope that uh, they CGI her, her mm. quite nicely. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I think that's kind of done. You it's know? fun to think about yeah. at least. It's yeah. fun to think about. Like, she's still out there. She's still alive. We know she's that. She's still alive and she's out there, but we saw her once and I think that was a, they, they parted, you know, she was like, Hey, you know, like that's not you just like, that's not me. Like we're both true to who we are and mm-hmm. you're, you're wild. You're going to let this wild, I'm going to let my wild thing be a wild thing. And yeah. I, I think, I think that that book has closed. I honestly, I almost hope they don't open it up again. Yeah. And if they do, it better be really badass. Like she better be sitting on her wolf's back, like ready to like charge with her like freaking spear thing, just like woo, like full steam ahead. Let's go kill some Cersei's. Yeah. <laughs> so and we also got I think the last thing we kinda had to at least touch on, at least mention, is that uh Arya and Gendry. Oh boy. Yes. They, they did some things together. I, I had some opinions on that that I shared um, before we officially started recording this podcast. And yeah. uh, Ryan might splice those We in. can stitch them in somehow. Yeah. Hold because it. we started watching her when she was so young. I will flip this table right now. Why? Because of what I just said. No, because what you said is accurate, but it's also yeah. wrong. Okay. Oh, Ryan, are you recording this? Okay. Because let me just people are saying that the aria sex scene has all this emotional baggage because we've watched her grow up but we literally have also watched danny and sansa grow up we've seen the three of them grow up and the only difference is that sansa and danny were immediately sexualized from the very beginning of the show sansa has always dreamt of having babies and marrying a prince and danny was sold off to oh, be a bride of a warlord right off the bat the only difference is that Arya wa- was fiercely wanting to remain independent and we always just saw her as a tomboy but as far as age goes sansa was still pretty much a little girl too when we first saw her and the i just but we, I, I think to counter that, we have never fully seen Sansa, like, in the buff. Like, she's been in some, like, sexual situations, but they were pretty tame compared to <laughs> Arya. We didn't... <laughs> Arya, we saw a lot. See, see, see pretty, pretty tame is uh, kind of a BS terminology to use, considering that she was sexually abused and I mean, raped. Yeah. Um, I, I guess there's no nudity. How about that? No nudity. Yeah, I mean, but she's had, like, bathtub scenes and stuff like that before. So we've seen her character's body in more vulnerable spots. And here's the thing. Arya was nude, but I don't think she was vulnerable. She was completely in charge of the situation. And it's something that she wanted for herself. And people are saying that it's out of character. But I don't think it is out of character. I don't character think it's out of character Because Arya is that kind of person who, when she wants something, she's going to do whatever it needs to, whatever it's going to take to get that thing. Whether that's like killing somebody on her list or having or having sex on her very last night on this planet, potentially, Poten- her potentially very last night on this yeah. planet, she's such a badass. She's basically like, "Fuck no, I'm not gonna die a virgin." Like, here's this guy, and let's let's do Andrew it. Is very good looking too. Yeah, you know. So, um, 
I I hating on all the haters who are hating on that scene because I'm not hating on it. I just like <laughs> was not ready for it. I guess. Yeah. Like, that, I, I thought it was gonna happen, but then when it did happen, I wasn't like I still wasn't ready. That for makes it. sense. I yeah. think it's it's interesting because you know a lot of this show's audience is probably male, and mm-hmm. so like I have like I mean my mom was like oh you know I wish it was more tender, and I was like well that's not her character. That's yeah. not who she is. Um, and I don't know, just you know from my perspective. Uh, as a woman, I'm like, hell yeah, badass girl in this cutthroat rapey world getting some consensual something something when she wants it. It's great. It's great. And if we look and if you look at the age thing, um, let's talk about Tommen and Marjorie. Tommen's 15 and Marjorie's 30. Okay, but, okay, but nobody's think- saying anything because Tommen's a dude. Yeah. Okay. But also, like, I think age in the show versus age of the actor or actress playing that character is a big factor too mm-hmm. a little bit like marjorie's not like well obviously she's old but like daenerys like she was even though she was supposed to be young in the show when we first saw her nude um she in real life she was way older she started uh i believe at 22 or something like really? that so you know same age as yeah, okay. all of us here that's fair <laughs> and Arya or Maisie williams i think is 22 also yeah, now. she's 22 now. As she did that that sex scene, yeah. So you know, there's there's, I don't know. That's that's my opinion on it. Yeah, um, it's a good opinion. Everyone is entitled to their own, but I just think that uh, people should give it a chance. Give her a chance. Yeah. Give the actress a chance. That was her first ever nude scene. Well, she thought it was a joke at first. I heard like she because apparently there were multiple times in the script in the past where the writers put in something to mess with the characters hmm. and like they did that with Jon Snow where it's like oh his hair gets burnt off and he permanently scarred <laughs> face and that actually didn't happen yeah but she thought that that was that this was the case you're like oh this is another joke and then they're like nope this is actually happening and she's like oh oh well uh, she also got to yeah. choose how much she that wanted too. to show 100 so yeah. it's it was really the whole thing even even the behind the scenes was all the woman's choice so mm-hmm. hell yeah that's good woman's choice woman's power okay ryan that was my opinion that <laughs> but cool. it happened it oh. happened yeah i'm not Worth too blown away yeah oh, that was her last way to spend Sweet. spend her time yeah i mean it, it was in that whole scene with everybody around the fire and they kind of cut that in and it's just everybody knows that this could possibly be their last night on earth so we're gonna go do our last things mm. you know sam hands the sword to jorah and there's a lot of there's a lot of things that you know characters just kind of acted on their impulse because when else are they going to get to do this ever again potentially yeah so prediction for next episode at least brief I think we at least got to touch on it because we still haven't wrapped this up entirely. But we know the next episode, the Army of the Dead, is at Winterfell. They're at the gates. They're going to come. The battle is going to happen. But John and Daenerys still kind of ended on an mm-hmm. unclear note. So Daenerys is like, the, that makes you the rightful throne. All he right... had to say was he doesn't want it. But All then the he horn had interrupted. to say, three blasts for White Walkers, by the way. We were just, How many, did they do all three blasts? They did all three, okay. yeah. That's good. And then when the Rangers returned, there was one, you know, that was right. like, woohoo, like, I'm a fan, I'm nerdy, that's cool. Very true. Anyway, no, all John had to say was, I don't want it. He maybe could, he does he want it. Just, Maybe I don't want it. He's testing her as well. Ugh, that's I t- totally. Because Sam, totally. Because keep in mind, when Sam told John, he framed it as Daenerys, like, is she going to be the right fit? Yeah. Is she going to be the one? Like, but John doesn't play games like that. That's Maybe true. he will. Maybe he's starting. He's noble. He, John he's doesn't play proud. games like that. Well, not he's too dumb. <laughs> if, he, if he wouldn't do that for Cersei, he wouldn't lie yeah. one time for Cersei. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, he's like a he's a puppy. I just thought that the way it was brought up was really well done. He was looking at Lyanna. 
her her bust, and then Daenerys comes in and is like, "Who's that?" It's like, "That's that's my mom." If like, you look at Hello. the way they shot it too, it's I mean, it might be obvious, but it's like literally a direct translation, or uh, it's literally direct, directly re- relative to how they shot it when Sam told him, right? Mm-hmm. So John knew the information, right? We mentioned this last pod podcast, and they mentioned it in the. The after yeah, video behind as well. the episode yeah. behind the episode but they, they, they shot it so that the, it was focused on Danny, Danny's face instead of John's face while she got the information and yeah. in almost the exact same way and so that mirroring I thought was very cool her reaction was a little more horrifying I think she's a little more horrified <laughs> by it and I think it's just because she feels mm-hmm. it's like I said the whole entire point Danny's whole entire thing throughout the sh- entirety of the show is that I'm the rightful heir I should be sitting on the throne and now she's learned that she's not the rightful heir. And so that takes away the biggest mm-hmm. like pillar in her argument. And so I think she's a little panicked. Yeah. I Maybe. Mean, you know, it's like, and, and there's like loopholes and things here and there. Mm-hmm. But like John 100%, like if you look at it, like is, he's a male. there's no Just way. Just because he's a male. There's no way. Well, According also he's older. According to sexist too, yeah. patriarchy society <laughs> that they live in. Yeah. So, I mean, but also because he's, he's the eldest, you mm-hmm. know, and so it's, uh, well, little, or is he? Well, because uh, I don't know. I think they're about the same age, to be honest. They, I, I forget mm, if, yeah, if John sure. might have been born first. I don't know, but I don't know. either way, like I think I backtrack on that. Never mind. Yeah, but we, we'll look into that. For, I yeah. mean, I'm sure we'll find out next so, episode. Also, but. I just I think you know that it, it could be a point of conflict for them during the battle. Oh, yeah. You know, like well, we predicted that in the first podcast yeah, episode. Totally. We we're just like and, watch this like not get resolved and then become a point of conflict during the battle. And, and, and I don't think now it's going to be a point happening, of conflict during the battle. Now it's not getting right. resolved. You don't think so, Jason? I don't think so. Or maybe after maybe after i, I mean after either way yes either way it's gonna have During to get battle, resolved no. at some point i can just imagine some dragon prediction. drama <laughs> so it's, it is kind of interesting real, real quick is um you did see like in in the trailer for for episode three you did you could see john in the godswood so you know he at least does make an appearance which you know le- 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 leads you one to believe that there's a reason why he's there and he looked pretty like there. like ready it mm-hmm. looked like battle of the bastards again where he was like mm-hmm. ready to take on Since something he wasn't bloody or dirty yet yeah he mm-hmm. wasn't he was so, a little he was a little war torn i think but not yeah. terribly not as bad battle of the bastards he was so, like wearing a face mask mm-hmm. made of blood like so what are our overall um uh, uh, takeaways from this. How do how about you? Let's do our our, uh, our movie ratings for this episode. I give it a solid one and a half thumbs one and out a half of two. Thumbs. Just because, yeah, one thumb and then another Davos finger. <laughs> um, just because, like, I think it was. I thought it was good. Like, I like the emotional setup, and I think it's gonna be good. Like, build up for this crazy next episode. Mm-hmm. Like, this episode is probably gonna break everyone's minds, hearts, souls, whatever. Um, and the fact that it's also coming out around the same time as Avengers Endgame, like this is going to be an insane weekend for a lot of people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I just think like it was good. I think it was necessary. And I think um, it's definitely going to make this next episode even harder to swallow, um, regardless of what the outcome is, I think. So I, I liked it. I thought it was it was necessary evil. So Yeah, it was good. I give it two out of three dragons. How many Davos fingers is that? <laughs> that is about... 
one of his hands. <laughs> Sounds about right. The, so, the full hand. The, the and full none of his fake, hand. None of his false fingers or yeah. half fingers. Sarah, what about you? Um, I gave the first episode of this season one thumb up. I'm going to give this one one thumb and a Davos knuckle um, because I just, I really enjoyed how this episode was essentially, I want the writer of the episode said that it was his love letter to the characters. This episode was character appreciation and it really just played off of Game of Thrones' strength in character storytelling and character development and it's going to really set us up to rip out our heartstrings when they kill people off on Sunday. My heart's free to be ripped out. I'm excited for I'm it. I'm kind of excited for it too. I'm ready to give I think it away. I'm nervous but I, I'm excited. So it's literally like I think that seven and a half seasons worth of content is mm. going to lead up to this point. This point. This is the point that we've been waiting for for years. Mm-hmm. I hope they kill Woo. off a major, major character. Not like Grey Worm, right? He can die, whatever. <laughs> but like a major character. That's what I'm left. That's, that's what Game of Thrones has been known for. Exactly. Dude. So. Which is why I want it so bad. They haven't done it in a long time. <laughs> Nervous laughter. Nervous laughter, very much. But yeah, we will be back with another podcast, of course, after the insanity of episode three. We hope you Boy. enjoyed this episode, episode two. Um, I think we have a lot of we're we're gonna have a lot of stuff to talk about. I think in the next one. So Stay tuned. My body is ready. <laughs> we are we are all ready at this point. We've been fiending for this for years. She is a slut for Game of Thrones. I think is her quote. <laughs> I am a slut for Game of Thrones. <laughs> Make that your uh, your Instagram handle or right. bio description. Sign so. off. Sign off. Thank you for listening to this episode. We'll be back next week. See you guys later.